welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. Welcome everyone back to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I find the whole thing very strange and we're only a month in. The first week was amazing it went so well it was so well received and drew you angel producer you was very happy with me i got a gold star he deserves a star he's the one that does all the bloody work i just sit in my spare room and talk nonsense into a big black microphone but it went really well and you were also lovely and you all messaged and said the most wonderful things so thank you so much but the issue is now i need to hear that every week okay i need constant validation if i am not told i am worthy how will i know Oh, it's hard. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. And I'm just, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really loving it. It's just another way to, to talk to you guys. Someone said to me recently, probably someone old like my dad, why are you doing a podcast? Do you make money from it? <laughs> the answer is no, I do not. But I'm doing it because it's just another thing to do, you know, another string to the old bow. And it's just something I enjoy. Like my whole job, my whole thing, everything I do, I enjoy. I do it because I enjoy it. I have never been very good at doing really anything (laughs) if I don't enjoy it. But especially jobs, I've never, I've not got great sticking power. Once I lose interest, that's it. I'm gone. I'm out. So anything to do with weddings and celebrancy, including this podcast, is just something I enjoy doing. And it's something that I hope will help other people. So if, if it's helping you, it's helping me. Not uh, knowing me, knowing you, isn't it? That ABBA song. I got the wrong words. By the by. So on today's podcast, I had some really valid topics to discuss. I had some really great conversational opening gambits, but I've decided to toss that out the window because I wanted to talk to you about a wedding that I went to in the summer and I'm just reeling. I'm reeling from it. It was unbelievable. It was it was like royal wedding standard. It was incredible. So I hope they don't mind you don't mind me telling you all this, but I'm sure they won't because I'm talking about it in nothing but the best positive way. It was absolutely amazing. Right. So it was on a weekend in London. Logistically, do I drive? Do I get the train? Do I want to drink alcohol en route? People frown on that when you're behind the wheel of a car. So I'll get the train. So I got some tinnies, you know, because I'm a classy bird. But they, to be fair, they were rosé. They were rosé tinnies. They weren't like WKD blue. And no offence against anyone who drinks that. Is that still, can you still even buy that? I don't know. So I got some tinnies and I got the train and I was very excited. I was going up the night before the wedding and staying with my brother and sister and my two nephews. And so that was a lovely treat in itself. And I I knew already that it was going to be a pretty big deal. Obviously, when they had booked me, I had looked at the venue and as I was getting to know them, I had worked out that they're pretty glam people. They're both gorgeous, both Italian blood. He is from Bath. She is from America. And, uh, you know, having had these conversations and spoken to them about the logistics and everything, I was like, okay, this is going to be a big deal. I knew it was black tie. 
which I'm such a fan of. So I'd already prepared what I was going to wear and it was all shaping up nicely. It was also uh, during the heat wave we had this summer. Hotter than the sun is London City. It was so hot. It was absurdly hot. So it got to the morning of the wedding and I was like, Do you know what? I'm cheap. So I was going to get a tube to the venue. But I thought, you know, splash the cash. Be the Olivia Coleman you want to be and <laughs> pay for a bloody Uber, you stingy old mare. So I just thought to myself, I don't want to turn up all sweaty, you know, all sweaty and grimy from the tube because that's, it is, the tube is a sweaty and grimy place. There's no two ways about it. There's nothing pleasant about the tube. So I got an Uber and the Uber driver said not but one word to me, which I, to be honest, I was quite happy with. I don't like the chit chat. It was wonderful just to have a, an hour's peace, you know. So the venue was the Painted Hall which is a part of the old Royal Naval College in Greenwich, London. It's, I can't, I mean, how do I describe it to you? I have to try it because I'm doing a podcast. It is, it's an incredible college, university, historical collection of buildings on the water. And there's tourists everywhere and, and locals everywhere and students, I guess, and naval people as I like to call them, seamen, uh, just sort of floating around the place. Um, and that, that was before the ceremony. Um, and it was, it was, as I walked up, I was like, oh, okay, okay, this is a big deal. Yeah, and this, this is probably a bigger deal than I realised. It is the most beautiful place. The ceiling, it is the painted hall. So everything's painted. The ceiling is painted and it is like something, I mean, I've never been to Venice, but it's what I imagine Venice to be like. It is it is breathtakingly beautiful. It is also huge. So I get there and I'm trying already not to sweat because even though I had my fancy Uber, it is so hot. And I get there and I walk in and there are people everywhere. You know, ordinarily at a wedding, at a venue, you might have, I don't know, three or four people, maybe a bit more if the staff are still around. But generally speaking, a couple of guests, maybe the groom or the bride, whoever's there first might already be there. It's not like a big thing. I'm normally one of the first people to arrive. So I get there and there are, I mean, there's probably 30 or 40 people who are clearly working the event because that's what it was. And they're just running up, down, left, right. They're running everywhere. Most of them, nearly all of them are wearing all black. So I'm like, okay, well, obviously you're working. I get that. And this woman comes up to me, she saddles up to me. Hi, 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 hi. Can I help? Can I help? I was like, oh God, okay. Um, yes, hi, hi. I put on my Marks and Spencer's um, food advert voice. Hi. Uh, <laughs> that was the gassiness coming out. I was like, hi, yes, Olivia Coleman, celebrant <laughs> to the stars. <laughs> and she's like, oh, great. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. But then she puts her fingers to her ear because bitch wearing an earpiece. I mean, you know, you know that shit got fancy when people are wearing earpieces. One of the reasons, I don't care what people say, if they deny it, they're lying. One of the reasons that anyone, anyone gets into the wedding industry is because of J-Lo in The Wedding Planner. And she has an earpiece and a bum bag. And that's really all that's required to work in weddings. She had an earpiece. I'd not, I'd not seen an earpiece in a wedding scenario before. It was very exciting for me and also instantly terrifying because, again, the level then went up another gear. So she puts her finger in her ear. <laughs> 
very with the earpiece uh, not sort of a, a waxy situation um, and she's like oh well, hi I've got Olivia Colman Olivia Colman celebrant okay bringing her in now bringing her in now stop you know I mean come on get a grip who are you who am I who are they what's going on what what is going on so I go in and there's again you know there's not many people normally there but if there is a florist perhaps this wasn't Aunt Margaret from the WI delivering a few sweet peas this was sort of five ten twelve people transporting these ginormous, elaborate, lavish, stunningly exquisite floral installations from this Arctic lorry outside into the venue from the most incredible florist, Lavender Green Flowers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tag all these people because they, they all deserve it because they're just incredible. Um, so they were they were coming in and out with these huge, great big arrangements. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then they had we had other people delivering chairs because they wanted specific chairs. So they're they're delivering them, they're putting them down. I've got the event managers from the venue, Mitchell, who was in charge of the event from the venue side of the of the of things, he was wonderful. So he's darting around everywhere. And then I'm introduced to Holly from Revelry Events, who's a bit of an industry crush of mine. She's absolutely hilarious. The whole team are hilarious on Instagram. So if you don't already follow Revelry Events UK, then you must because they're brilliant. And I got introduced to her and I was just like, what is like, what is going on? The upper lip was sweating more than it would be deemed both professional and hygienic. So I take a deep breath. I go outside. I'm like, I'm just I'm just going to need some air. So one thing I am good at, and I think actually... If you if you say anything with conviction, people believe you. And I think that bullshitting, <laughs> pretending you know what you're doing is like half the battle. So I was like, yeah, of course, this is this is totally normal for me. This is like understated, if anything. So I'm like, I'm just going to go and get some. Air. I'm just going to go outside and have a little walk around, you know, just a little, little walk around. And I go outside and I'm like messaging everyone that I've ever met being like what the actual what what is going on who am I who do I think I am this is clearly a very expensive but it's not about that it's just the, the grandeur of it you know and the importance put on it and all these people and these people at the, at the top of their game and this venue is just breathtakingly beautiful what the hell am I doing here? The imposter syndrome was next level. So I'm messaging everyone I know, <laughs> being like, oh my God, help me. What What is going on here? And, you know, whoever can be asked to apply is like, get a grip, sweet life, like, you can do this, which is very helpful at the time. So it, it was just, the whole thing was exquisite and it was just run like absolute clockwork from Holly and Mitchell. Um, and, and you had two fabulous, we had a videographer and a photographer, Paul Lidement, Wedding Stories on Instagram and also York Place Studios and they were brilliant. They had an incredible string quartet called Liquid Sp Strings, uh, not Liquid Springs, uh, Liquid Strings. They were amazing as well. It just, the whole thing. So the guests start to arrive. They arrive in two London red double-decker buses. How cool. What I must add also is that she, I said that she was American, so a lot of the 200 guests, yes, 200 guests, so it's my biggest wedding as well in terms of guests. I was going to say crowd. <laughs> um, they start arriving 
on the double-decker buses. So they've all come over from America to see me. They've come from America to see me. <laughs> sure. So they, they've arrived. And because it's a black tie wedding and because they're Italian and Italians go all out for weddings. I mean, like it's a big, big deal in Italy. They are so glam. They are so glam. There is sequins, there are feathers, there's velvets, there's silks, floor length gowns, hair done, makeup done, handbags that match the shoes. It's rare I even have matching underwear, let alone matching accessories. So all these beautiful people are arriving and I'm like, oh my God, it's just, it's just absolutely epic. So again, nerves keep going up, nerves keep going up. And then one of the team comes over to me again, a hand, finger in the ear. <laughs> I feel, I'm feeling nervous just thinking about it again. Uh, in the earpiece. And she's like, um, oh, hi, Olivia, Olivia Coleman Celebrant. Um, I, I've got some water for you and your mic is ready. If you could please come with me to the altar to, to sound check. Stop it. I literally looked this poor person in the eye and I was like, stop it. I've had just about enough of you. I can't. I cannot. Okay. So let's just dial back the crazier notch because this is too much. I am. I grew up on a farm. It was a dark day. <laughs> so we do a sound check. I've got three mics on me because I've got the sound man. I've got the videographer, the photographer, the uh, the venue, and then the the planet. It's all it's all systems go. I actually went up to the sound person and I was like, "Look, I tend to say things I shouldn't say, and I forget that I'm being recorded a lot of the time. So if you could just hit record at the very last minute, that would be a mucho appreciato." <laughs> Luckily, she did. I always end up saying things. So I I did a sound check. I had my water, my bottle of still water, no tap here. I mean, who does that? I don't think I've ever been to a restaurant and not said, tap water, please. And then the groom arrives and he is a gorgeous, handsome Italian man. And all of his many, many ushers are also all gorgeous men. And so obviously I take a selfie with them. <laughs> Perks of the job. They're all wearing black tie. They look absolutely wonderful. Last minute change, because that does happen sometimes. They decided to walk in in front of the bride and the bridesmaids. So... Traditionally in the UK, one of the couple would be stood at the altar with me and the other would walk down the aisle. And they decided last minute not to do that so that I would be stood. I would be stood on the at the end of the altar on my own, like a jilted bride in front of 200 beautifully dressed Italians. <laughs> but oh, my God, you know, what? it looked so cool. It looked so cool. So. We start, the ceremony starts, um, the music starts, everyone stands up. And I mean, literally, by the time I had said, ladies and gentlemen, please be upstanding for the arrival of our bride. It, it was fine. I wasn't nervous anymore. But the the groom starts walking in and he he's not walking in like in any order. He's just walking down the aisle somewhat aimlessly <laughs> with his ushers. But it just looked so cool because they were just so relaxed. It was like a scene from more glamorous Peaky Blinders, you know? They were just so cool. I mean, I'm amazed that no one actually had their hands in their pockets. That's how sort of chilled and natural it was. But it just looked brilliant. And then when they got to the end of the altar with me, then the music changed slightly and the bridesmaids came in. They were all wearing uh, different dresses, but they all had bouquets and they all looked absolutely beautiful. And then the bride came in with her dad and she just oh my god absolutely breathtaking and then the ceremonies and it, it was it was wonderful it was lovely and they were happy and I think it went really well everyone seemed to love it afterwards the thing is is that you know 
by the time of the wedding day, when the wedding day comes, I know what I'm doing in terms of the ceremony, the script, the content. I've written it. I have read it. I've learned it almost. The couple have read it. So they're happy with it. So I know that there's not going to be any surprises. But I still get real adrenaline and real nerves because I care. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's so it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure actually to get it right. And I don't want to half ass it. I don't want to do an average job. I want it to be absolutely amazing because I think every single person, if they choose to get married, deserves to have the best day of their entire lives. And for me, I think the ceremony is the most important part of it because that's why you're there, right? So the ceremony went really, really well. It was absolutely lovely and the really lovely readings. And then afterwards, as they all filtered out, all 5,000 of them, it took 12 days. Poor buggers. We went and had drinks outside in sort of the open courtyard area, which was so, so lovely. Every, everyone was so nice. I mean, they were all gorgeous, but they were also really, really lovely people. And they kept they kept plying me with champagne. And I am weak to a glass of fizz, especially when it's real champagne. I only buy Carver. Again, I told you, I'm really, really cheap. So you give me this free stuff. And plus, I was not driving home, which I normally am. And I didn't have a child to look after that night. I mean, I had my nephews, but I didn't have my own child. It was ripe for disaster. There was a recipe there that could have gone downhill fast. But luckily, I contained myself and maintained composure, some sort of composure. By this point, I'd been, I'd been there a good few hours and it was still ever so hot. You know, when you can feel the sweat dripping down your... I don't why I just had to like mentally stop myself from saying undercarriage because it wasn't like that's not the situation. I just like the term undercarriage. <laughs> um, it was it, yeah, it was beautiful. It was brilliant. It was lovely. What I love about I mean, I love many things about this couple in particular. I love things about all my couples. I love them all dearly. But something I, I would love to share with you all is how they met because it is literally a rom-com. It is a movie. So he is from Bath. She is from America. She was working in Europe and as her last hurrah, she decided to go and stay in a gorgeous hotel on Lake Majeure in Italy just for a few days, just, you know, just a little uh, rest and relaxation before she headed back to the States. So because she was there on her own, she spent the first few days chatting to the bar staff and the waiters and the concierge and things and just, you know, um, having, having sort of chit chat conversations with everyone who worked there. And on the second to last night, one of the bar staff said, oh, there's a huge Italian wedding here tomorrow night. It's going to be mega. Um, all these Italians are flying in from all over, mainly from the UK, but from all over. And it's just it's going to be really, really fancy. And she was like, interesting. I happen to have a dress in my suitcase that is wedding appropriate. I'm going to crash the wedding. Who does that? Who does that except some ballsy American with beautiful hair thinks, yep, I'm going to crash that wedding. So the next day comes, she actually inadvertently bumped into the bride whilst they were all in the hotel getting ready and like just said oh you look really beautiful and didn't say anything else and so the wedding starts and she goes down to the bar in her frock and she's just biding her time she's like okay i'm just gonna wait for the right moment when everyone's had like enough to drink they won't notice me sort of slipping in the sideways or whatever so she's just sat at the bar having a, a little drink to herself and she looks over and catches the eye of this very 
very tall, dark and handsome chap speaking fluent Italian to the barman. And she's like, oh, hello. Oh, hello, you little little Italian snack, aren't you? And then he speaks in fluent English in a, in a strong English accent. And she goes, hello, Italian and English. It's the perfect combination. So they, so they start chatting and they get on really, really well. And he says to her, are you here for the wedding? She says, yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for the wedding. I am a guest. That is true. I know the bride and groom. I am here for the wedding. And she starts reeling off this these stories and who she is. She's a, a cousin, a second cousin, whatever. Travel from America. Blah, blah, blah. And all the while, he's just sort of taking it in, nodding and smiling at this beautiful stranger and being like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that sounds good. Anyway, eventually he admits that it's his cousin getting married and that he knows everything that she has just said is absolute bull um, and calls her out on it. But luckily, he finds it so brilliant that she is going to crash this wedding that he's like, let's do it. Let's do it together. I'm going to your I'm your in. You can be my date. So he takes her into his cousin's wedding. Suffice to say, the rest is history. They spent the whole night chatting and dancing and drinking and just having the best time ever. And then the next m morning, she flies home to America. So it let me literally like a movie. Um, and then they, they stay in touch. And then, you know, they see each other a few months later and what have you, what have you. But And, and then, then in the end, she moved to the UK and they got married in this incredible ceremony by Olivia Coleman Celebrant. <laughs> Isn't that such an, an amazing story? But also, do you know what's what I really love about it? is that they met in in that way, which is almost like silly. It's so fun and wonderful and fanciful. Is that a word? Fanciful? Fanciful? Non-fanciful? Fanciful? Fanciful? It's fancy. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, so they met in this way and it's like hard to believe, right? Because it's so fun. But actually their relationship was not easy because of that rom-com start, because of the distance, because, you know, they met in Italy and he went back to the UK and she went back to the States, but love blossomed. It sounds magical and it was, but it was also bloody hard work. And they had to kind of accelerate everything within the relationship because they had that distance. And I just found it really fascinating when I was talking to them and getting to know them to hear about that and how they tackled that and how they overcame that. And how they had to have sort of quite serious conversations, probably a lot earlier than they would have done otherwise, but because of the distance between them. And I just, it was just a really, it was a really interesting story that really resonated with me and culminated in this absolutely breathtaking wedding. I can't even tell you. I mean, I can tell you because I, I just have done for the last 24 minutes and four seconds. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like I say, so yeah, I can't, I can't you know, you know, it was that kind of wedding. There wasn't much to say. That was just a feeling, and the feeling was fantastic. So this is the part of the podcast where I delve into your DMs. You have been getting in touch on my Instagram at not that Olivia Coleman with your fabulous stories and anecdotes and tall tales and also you have been asking questions now you've been asking me for advice I, I can only say what I see and speak what I feel and I can't promise it's going to be any bloody good okay so let's just give it a go so this is a question from Claire 
I am hoping to propose to my girlfriend, but as we are both women, there isn't the traditional element of the man doing it first. I wanted to ask her, but I think she does too, want to ask her, I imagine. Uh, and what I don't want is for it to turn into a race. What do you suggest? That is tricky because, I mean, to be honest, yes, you it, you don't have the traditional man proposing to the woman, but that's kind of irrelevant, right? If you're both in a relationship, man or woman or they or whatever, whatever you, however you identify, if you are two people in a relationship and you both want to ask that question, that could turn, <laughs> that could, can you imagine like, um, like really awkward suppers, like, can you pass the, marry me, marry me, no, marry me. It would be like really uncomfortable. So I see your plight, Claire, I do. Um, do you think, I don't know what you're like as people, if you're quite chilled and low key, maybe just have a conversation and, which I'm sure you've already done about getting married and just sort of say like, you know, make it a nice thing, make it a nice dinner, cook something lovely, light some candles, put on some music, get jiggy. Um, who says get jiggy with it anymore? Was that a Will Smith thing? Are we allowed to talk about him? Yeah, that's another topic. Um, and have that discussion and, and just be really honest and say, look, I actually, you know I want to marry you and I hope you want to marry me and I would love to propose and I feel like you would love to propose. So should we, no, none of us propose or should we like set a day or <laughs> like just have a really honest conversation about it? Um, I'm interested to hear how that one goes. So can you let me know? Can you do it soon? I, I don't like to wait for this, this exciting saga. Um, good luck, Claire. I think whatever happens, however you do it, do it true to yourself and true to your relationship. Don't even bear a second thought about tradition. Um, and if the time is right, it, it doesn't have to be a great big thing. It could just be a conversation. At the end of the day, you're going to get married to the person you love. And that's bloody fantastic. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, to the podcast each week. comes out on a Tuesday. But pile those babies up and listen to them whenever you can. If you've got any questions or you want to share any stories, anecdotes or adventures, please, please DM me on Instagram at NotThatOliviaColeman. I would love to hear from you. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, guys. Take care. Bye. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones, and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee. I feel like, you know, when you're um, a kid and you go underwater and you swallow it. <laughs> You know what I mean? You sw you swallow all the water and it just like you feel very gassy. I feel very gassy this afternoon. Um, and that is probably something you didn't need to know. But now you do. Should we get on with the podcast? Do, 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 do. do, 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 do.